thank you so much for listening to another episode of CX Chronicles Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Brady Chisana. Tune in each week as we listen to amazing customer-focused business leaders from across the world, sharing their personal stories about their teams, tools, process, and feedback. Check us out at cxchronicles.com today or listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. All right, Ashvin, thanks so much for joining the CX Chronicles podcast. We're super happy to have you, sir. How are you doing today? I am well. Thank you for having me, Adrian. So, guys, I was super, super excited for the show to have Ashvin come on. Um, Ashvin is um, a part of building one of the most customer-forward and customer-centric thinking companies out there, Gainsight. So I was I was really excited to hear from Ashvin, and he's going to he's going to talk with us about all sorts of awesome things today. Obviously we'll get into the four CX pillars and we're going to learn more about Ashvin's background and Ashvin's personal journey. And then he's going to share a bunch of great stuff with us about the awesome things that are happening over at Gainsight. So, so, so Ashvin, let's start off with the, uh, the, the first part. Why don't you give the CX nation your quick elevator pitch around how, how did you end up as as the chief customer officer of Gainsight today? Uh, one word response to that is I've been lucky. Basically. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the way I ended up here is like, well, I've, I've done a few different roles in my career. I, um, I was at pre Gainsight was a McKinsey and company in consulting, uh, for strategy and, um, in especially customer experience, sales and marketing prior to that spent almost six years in commodity and semiconductors doing uh, product marketing, uh, business development, sales, etc. And then prior to that, several other uh, marketing and sales functions. So the common thread that's true across my career has been customer facing and problem solving. Those were the two common threads. And when I heard of customer success as this budding new profession six, seven years back, um, it was uh, it, it checked both of those boxes for me, um, which is being customer facing and um, solving problems for multiple customers at the same time, seeing trends across these problems, um, making scalable solutions, things like those are what I enjoy doing. And so um, that's how I ended up in the world of customer success. Um, I love it. I love it. So you get to see a little bit of all of the different parts of a business working together and then kind of figure out where you wanted to, to jump in. That's very similar to myself, sir. I, I think when, when you, some of the, some of the best customer thinkers, they really had incredible opportunities early on in their careers to see sales side, operation side, maybe even a little bit of product side, technology side. And once you get to see a little bit of all those, those different worlds, you kind of immediately begin to figure out how to start to tie things together or connect the dots or piece things together. You got it. Yep. That's exactly yep. right. That's and awesome. This, uh, for, for me, Gainsight was also very interesting because I've never been at a company where I got to use my own product. So like yeah. drinking my own champagne. I've never done that before. <laughs> uh, like I prefer champagne to dog food if you um, get the drift. But yes. yeah, for sure. Big time. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, um, that was also very interesting uh, to me to actually see what is it like to be a customer of your own product in a way. Yep. So before we hop into the four six pillars, why don't you get what? Did, why don't you give the listeners kind of the quick pass around what Gainsight is, what what type of customers you serve, and what it really is that you that that, that you do every single day as a company. 
Yeah, it's a, a really good question. Um, so like the general reason to exist for us is basically as more companies move over to subscription type models, whether it's in the cloud or it's on-premise or consumption, as more companies become subscription-based, um, your the power is shifting from vendors to um the actual customer. Your customer can switch anytime. They have a voice on social media um, to talk about things they enjoy about vendors as well as things that they don't enjoy about vendors. And so the power has basically shifted over the last decade or so. And so in that world, making sure your customers see the outcomes from your product and it's not just a transactional uh, product that you're selling, it's an entire solution that includes both outcomes and experiences. And so what Gainsight helps subscription businesses and recurring revenue businesses do is deliver and track outcomes and experiences that they are delivering to their customers. And if it is not on the happy path, make the right corrections. If it is on the happy path and you're delivering both outcomes and experience, then use that to talk about extending the partnership, selling more, et cetera. So that's what Gainsight, the platform, helps um, companies do. We work with, um, we are again proud to work with the bro broad spectrum of customers, everyone from a really small startup uh, trying to figure out um, what customers are actually doing with their product, um, what types of click paths are people going through, et cetera, all the way to um, multi-billion dollar enterprises like the Cisco's, IBM's, GE's of the world. So we, we cross the gamut and we have multiple product offerings that cater to each one of their needs. That's awesome. So, so, so first things first, just, I think one of the things that I was really excited about today, Ashvin, is just like many of the folks that listen to the show, they're super familiar with um, whatever different CRM their, their, their startup or their business, their growing business is using. And then there's a bunch of other listeners that are super, super well-versed with whatever type of issue resolution management tools you need right. to actually scale these businesses into endure just such, such, such a fast high, high velocity type of pitch when you're talking about some of these mega, mega growth companies, right? That just blow up overnight. And I think the thing that I was really excited about today is Gainsight is a very, very interesting solution that can really be um, almost has cross applications to both of those different devices or those different solutions. But also for people that are really, really close to these spaces or they're on the front lines and Ashwin, I know you know this really well, but like you can have the best fancy, the fanciest CRM in the world. You can have all the analytics. You can have the best issue resolution ticketing solution out there. And it's almost like if you don't have something pinging you or poking you or flashing at you or showing you some type of dashboard view or some type of um, reminder for a regular everyday rep, you're literally picking up phone call after phone call after phone call, or you're banging out ticket after ticket after ticket. Right. And to have a tool like Gainsetter to have a solution that allows you to be able to have almost a call to action, man, it's huge. That's massive. It's a game changer. Totally. I think you like a different way of saying what you just said is there is purpose-built solutions to attract pipeline. There is purpose-built, which is marketing automation. There is purpose-built solution to close the pipeline, which is yep. CRM. Then there is purpose-built solution to close out tickets when things don't go. So more reacting to customer issues. That is like Zendesk and Service Cloud and everything else. Yep. And what Gainsight helps fill in that void is how can you proactively identify when things are not going well or going well and take action on it and deliver outcomes and experience along this journey? So all of these different solutions that exist, they are almost complementary to Gainsight and all of them become signals into managing a customer. Yep. Uh, 
Uh, and so that's that's why we exist and how we exist. I love it. Well, then let's hop into the the four six pillars. Let's start off with the first pillar of team. Can you spend a couple of minutes, Ashwin, talking about the Gainsight team, how you guys are built, um, how 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 you how you divide and conquer each day? Give us a sense for sort of what the lay of the land looks like over there at Gainsight for the team. Yeah, happy to. So I'll talk more about like my organization. So as the chief customer officer, I manage everything after a prospect becomes a customer. And so I have a team that does the onboarding of a customer once they become a customer. So that includes the implementation services, education services, to make sure that you can get the first value out of Gainsight as quickly as possible. Um, it's typical to any professional services organization in any company. Um, that's how they operate. Um, then following that, um, there is uh, there are two paths that you go once you start using the product. There are two paths that you go through or teams that you work with. One is our technical support function, which is when things are expected to work a certain way and they don't, you call in, put tickets, etc., and the technical support function will help you solve those problems. In addition, I have a CSM organization, which we internally call as client outcomes managers, because their primary job is to deliver on outcomes to our customers. Um, and I call my entire post-sales operation as customer success. And so within customer success, outcomes is my version of CSM. Their job is to monitor signals, make sure that we are connecting with the right decision makers, um, make sure that their priorities are translated into something that is related into the product itself um, so that we can solve real outcomes. And so that's what they do. Um, then I have operations teams that are uh, help each one of these functions actually do their jobs, the people on the field, enabling them, um, making sure systems and tools are set up right, et cetera. The operations teams helps, helps do that. And then finally renewals to actually make sure that we do all of these things, set up right, manage outcomes, manage tickets, so that renewals become a non-event. Um, so all of these are the functions that we have, and that's how my teams are set up. It's about a globally, we're, and we're a um, very global organization, um, almost a 50-50 split um, between the US EMEA as well as um, uh, India. Um, and so we're, uh, we're equally split across both um, like these two big geography pools. Um, and then uh, it's about a team of about 170 people globally. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's fun to manage such a scale and global operation. Um, and it's, it's also for my teams, um, there is also the, the privilege and the additional pressure, the privilege of doing customer success within a customer success company. Uh, <laughs> is, very, is very interesting. It adds a lot of pressure. Yeah, for uh, sure. One of them and I am judged on a regular basis when we present to customers about like, you're supposed to be the experts in this. Tell us. <laughs> I bet. I bet. And then also the, so, but that's also the reason people work at Gainsight because they enjoy that privilege and they enjoy that uh, added pressure of uh, performing uh, at the highest levels. That's awesome. I mean, so a, a couple thoughts. I mean, number one, just you, you, this notion of, the way that you walk through the different focus points of the team, it's pretty clear that just like many other really highly customer centric companies, you clearly thought about each phase of the customer journey, right? It sounds like what I just heard you say in terms of just from, just from that quick high level overview is like you have very thoughtful components to own thoughtful parts of a journey 
And then if you can create SMEs or subject matter experts in a very thoughtful, specific part of a journey, then guess what? 99% of the time, they're probably going to do a pretty awesome job. You know, what, what, what I know that Ashwin, you and I have seen quite a bit in our careers too, is with some of these high growth companies, it's very, very easy to just throw everything under one umbrella, throw everything under this team, everything under that role, everything under that person. And I think what I love about just hearing you talk about the Gainsay team is that's not really what you guys have done. You've thought about it very meticulously and you've broken it into a way that um, probably allows many of the customers that you guys work with to feel the intention and the design of that. So that's awesome. Um, the second thing I, I, I just wanted to call it was just, you mentioned, so you got a huge team, sir. You got a huge team, 170 plus. What is it like to kind of sort of get, you know, 170 different people kind of thinking about things the same way and sort of understanding what's new and what they need to focus on and what's it like to kind of manage a, a, a huge customer thinking team like that? Yeah, I mean, um, it starts with who we hire. Um, we hire people who are in general um, have a lot of empathy for working with customers who um, are like one of the, <coughs> excuse me, one of the things that I look for when we hire is like grit because our business is pretty dynamic. The industry and the community of customer success is evolving at breakneck speeds. We need people to be able to um, like be agile and change uh, with the changes that come and adopt new motions, try new things, fail in some cases, learn from failures, and then change things all over again. And so uh, it starts with who we hire. Um, we don't we don't hire too many people, and so like when we do hire, we are very um, meticulous about who we hire. That's number one. Then once we um, the the only way to make sure that this type of customer centricity and thinking um, like percolates through the entire team and stays um, that way is um, rely on scale, rely on tools and processes as much as possible. Um, we can't rely on like heroic efforts from a few people to make this happen. So wherever possible, we try to try small things in small groups. And then if it is successful, make sure that it becomes a systematic thing across the whole company. And so um, we definitely use Gainsight to do a lot of that. That's a uh, second thing. And then a third thing is we celebrate and we're a very learning organization. And so we celebrate new things that we learn. Uh, it's a it's a company value for us also, which is called Shoshin. Um, translates in Japanese to a beginner's mind. Um, we go into everything not knowing the answers, but knowing the questions to ask. So we ask a lot of questions um, and we learn a ton. And when we do learn, we share it across the board. That way we become a learning organization. Everyone um, gets that learning and it's not restricted to a select group of people. Um, that's the third thing that we actively do to make sure that um, things stick and things change all the time. I love that. I mean, again, it's, 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 a, it's a very thoughtful way of thinking about not only how do, you, how do you grow a business, but how do you force yourself to keep on point around any customer that thinks about Gainsight or touches Gainsight? Again, they're going to feel some of that thoughtfulness and they're going to feel how you guys think about it, which in effect, in return, is going to probably open some of their eyes or open some of their ears to the things that could actually be done here. Now, you already started to mention it, but let's dive into the second pillar of tools. Can you give us many, so again, I want to, I want to lay the stage here correctly, but Ashton, many of the folks who are listening to the show, they're either building their own startup, they're either 
running the customer facing team within their startup or within their growth company, um, or they're, they're entrepreneurs, they're, they're, they're business owners. They're people that are thinking about what are some of the stuff that these companies that keep reading about in TechCrunch and keep reading about in Forbes, what are they doing that they can blow up to be a billion dollars in three years? What's going on? Why can't I do that with my whatever? So there, so I guess, can you get into the weeds a little bit around the tools that, that have allowed Gainsight to have the type of uh, explosive growth that you guys have had over the last seven, eight years? Yeah, happy to. Um, I think the the obviously we wherever possible we try to use our own tools, um, and we have several of them. Um, so I'll start with that, and then I'll also add on a couple others that we use uh, in addition to manage our system. Um, so the first one I would say is like any startup or tech company at this point in time or an established company has to know what their users are doing in their products. Some companies have that luxury by being in the cloud and others don't because they're more on-premise. Regardless, like wherever possible, you need to learn whether your customers are doing what you expected them to do in your product. And so we have a, we use our own product called Gainsight PX, which stands for product experience, which basically helps track usage, track analytics of where people are clicking in your product, et cetera. We use it for our own tool and our customers use it for their own products as well. Um, so that is, that is a number one thing. And that usage data, telemetry data then helps my CSMs know whether the customers are actually doing the right things in the product. That same data helps our product team know whether a new feature that we launched is being adopted in the best possible way that they intended. Uh, to be adopted. So that's number one, which is Gainsight product experience. The second product that we use now for my CSMs and for my account managers and sales reps is um, our own customer success platform, which is what we started uh, with back in the day. And so that one then helps with um, knowing proactively when uh, what to do when usage drops or what to do when someone submits a net promoter score, um, a particular score on the net promoter score survey, or what to do when there is a priority one support ticket open. Um, who should reach out? How often should we reach out proactively, et cetera? That entire thing is formulaic and made into a playbook after several iterations. And so the, all of that is managed out of our customer success platform. And then the third thing I would say is we use our own third product that we use is customer experience part of our product, which is um, once people do respond to surveys or they put something up on our community website, et cetera, all of that information is then uh, taken into the RCX product and this customer experience product basically spits out like heat maps or it spits out like word clouds. What are people actually saying? Is the sentiment trending positive or negative and all of that stuff, which helps us as a company learn where to focus our energies, what are customers actually saying about us in multiple forums. So that's a third thing that we use. So these are the three big internal tools that we use, our own tools to run our uh, customer operations. In addition, my support team uses Zendesk as an example to um, capture tickets, close out tickets, um, answer questions, etc. And then uh, we use a community platform to gather, like basically have customers help each other and for us to know where Companies have open questions. What can we answer for them, et cetera? And we use a company called, a vendor called Incited um, to run operations for um, the community platform. So that's that's the uh, higher level stuff. And then we use Salesforce for our CRM to track um, everything in the pre-sales process, contacts, et cetera, um, that we then use across these multiple tools. That's awesome. So first of all, you guys, you have yourselves a nice, fun, 
uh, toolkit setup over there at Gainsight, which I'm not at all surprised to hear. That's awesome. Um, Ashton, I guess there's a couple, couple, couple quick questions, and then it, and this leads perfectly into the third pillar of process and workflows because you already got into that with a toolkit is um, really only as good as its as its its playbooks. And you mentioned the playbook piece right there. Because you can have the best toolkits in the world, you can have the fanciest CRM, you can have the best gain site, uh, you know, project project management tool out there. But if people don't know how to use it and they don't know what it's there for and what its intended purposes are, how to how to read its reporting, how to know how to follow the signals that it's spitting out, you're not going to get anywhere. So, process and workflow gets us there. And you already you already started hitting on this. Can you give us a sense? So having that type of a toolkit and having a really, really robust uh, set of options at any of your agents' uh, fingertips is awesome. But how do you think about how to give them the playbook or how to give them the X's and the O's for how they need to go about using that toolkit on a daily or weekly or monthly or quarterly basis? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Um, so as I mentioned, I have a separate operations team that basically cuts across these different CS functions. And their job is making sure that we are enabling the team as much as possible. One learning, I didn't get it right the first couple of times. So one learning for me is end users have to be part of the sausage making or the solutioning process. Um, and if the end users are not part of that process, they automatically, their first bias is to reject it because it's a new thing that no one likes change. No human being likes change. And so this is a new thing that they have to adopt. And hence, if they're not part of the solution, the chances of success are low. So one thing that we do right up front is any new processes, it can be suggested by anyone in the company, but it's actually solutioned by the people who are actually going to follow that solution, follow the process. Um, And then obviously, like then once that process exists, translating it into systems is part of the operations team that I have. They'll convert it and then they are the ones who do weekly. For example, we do weekly, we call it scoop call, where basically there we come in and train the entire team on new processes that we are launching or the success of original processes. We have some of the end users step up and talk about how they found value in a new process that we launched three months back. So that way they are, you are, as a user, you are hearing from your own brothers and sisters what uh, is working and why. And hence, if you are not following that process, now there is a nudge for you to follow. Yeah, I like that. So that that's like a, a couple of ideas. And then the more we can do um, to embed those processes into like one-on-ones and team meetings, et cetera, the more the likelihood of those processes sticking because now there is reinforcement in several such meetings for the same process to stick. So that's a that's another thing that we do. I, I mean, you, you, you're right. Like with one of the things that a lot of folks oftentimes forget, especially if you're, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to be a part of the group really that's charging head and running some of these growth companies and you've got literally a million things around you. So you're just like trying to like combat each thing as it comes. Right. But one of the big things that, that, that people often forget is what you just hit on, which is like, you've got to be taking the time to meet with your team on a regular basis and boil down. Okay. We understand there's a million things happening. 
here's the five things we need you to think about this month, or here's the five things we need you to think about this quarter. Lots of companies do a great job with their OKR buildouts or their 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 quarterly roadmap uh, and, and project um, you know overviews where they show everybody that way. But I love that you just mentioned within the one-on-ones, the team meetings, that's when you get into the weeds of the stuff. That's when you can do the highlights around, here's some of the new team updates, here's some of the new tool updates, some of the new process updates, et cetera. It's the only way that in, in, in the pace and the speed of some of these high technology companies that you can keep a handle on it. Because frankly, again, you've got so many of the other parts of the day where you're just, you're literally driving a million miles an hour. So to be able to have those, those pullovers and get a breather and get a minute to just understand what the hell people are talking about is critical. It's really, really important. Um, and this perfect segue for, for, the, for the fourth and the final six pillar of feedback. So actually, when we talk about feedback on the CX Chronicles podcast, we talk about it two different ways. I mean, the first piece is just obviously customer feedback. Most companies, and I'm sure as you, as you know, many of the people that reach out to Gainsight, you guys are thinking about how can I make sure that I understand what my customers think about my business, my product, my service, my team, whatever. But I also want to make sure that we split this into two ways so that you kind of have time to think about this. I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on customer feedback. And then I'd love to kind of Spin the spin the spin the camera and look at it from uh, an employee feedback perspective, and and I know that that's a big thing that that you guys are thinking about at Gainsight. But can you just talk about feedback for for a few minutes for for the listener? Yeah, happy to. So we collect feedback in a few different forums. Like <clears throat> every everything that a customer does with you is like they're either explicitly or implicitly sending you feedback. Um, so the explicit ones um, or the implicit ones would be anything that they do in the product. Where if they don't do certain things in the product, that's also feedback in a way. Um, and so those are the implicit things that you can capture directly from the product. Explicit would be any form of surveys. We do two forms of surveys at the very least. One is um, the net promoter score survey that is sent out to every user at every customer um, at least twice a year. Um, and so uh, every six months, they should each one of them should get a, an NPS survey from us. We track that by persona. We say net promoter score of the execs or the decision makers is X. Net promoter score of operations team members or admins is Y. Of end users is another thing. So we track it at multiple personas because it gives us very clear insight into um, what action to take. Each one of them has different needs from Gainsight and hence we take different actions based on the responses that come. Um, in addition, when we do any form of onboarding or um, support tickets, once we close out support tickets, we send out a customer satisfaction survey, which also helps us keep tabs on whether that transactional action was done well or not. Um, so those are like two survey-related things that we do. We're going to increase... Um, the velocity and the types of surveys, we're going to launch a new survey that is called customer effort survey, which is um, like how if you're, especially for people who are on a particular page in the product, where if you go beyond a certain time, we want to understand if it was easy or difficult for you to navigate the page, what questions do you have, et cetera. So we're trying to track more of that. Um, uh, and like we have a few other surveys planned. So that's like the whole survey thing is one additional way we capture feedback. Um, and then we host a ton of events too. And at those events, um, 
we host several round tables. We've got advisory boards with certain customer executives and admins that are customers. All of those are really good forums for us to then solicit very specific feedback. It's not generic. It's like we, in some cases, we may want to show them the roadmap and ask for their input on um, like whether the roadmap is in the right direction or not. Or it could be as tactical as like we've heard from several of you that we want to do X, Y, that this part of the product is um, something that you want help with. Like here is how we're thinking about it. Does this resonate, et cetera? So we've got several such forums to capture feedback too. Um, one big change that I made on my team at the beginning of this year, I wish I'd done it two years back, um, is um, I created a new role that is called, uh, I call that VP of customer experience, reports into me. His job is primarily cuts across all functions at Gainsight. He's not within CS, he's not within product. His job is primarily to make sure that anything that transcends any one function, um, he understands the processes, interviews customers, comes back with feedback, and some of that feedback is improved processes, or it could be improved product. Um, and it could be like finance, you need to work on how you go about the collections process. Anything within that company that impacts customer experience, it, like his charter is to solve for that. Um, so that has proven to be an immensely uh, good way for us to collect feedback as well. Love it. I think I think you 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 already. I mean, you said it so well, but you already know it's like the companies that do a phenomenal job of thinking about not only how do I collect quantitative and qualitative customer feedback and quantitative and qualitative employee feedback, but the companies that actually do things with that feedback and they actually use it to literally ignite exactly how the next set of tools and process and people are going to continue to evolve in that business these are the companies that we see just exploding and continuing to see long-term sustainable success with their, with their customers. So that's awesome. It's super helpful. I love too, by the way, just a couple of follow-on uh, notes to your feedback points. Love that you guys have a really clear breakdown between some of the relationship-based and the transition transitional-based surveying. That's huge. A lot of companies, it's very, it's easy to start with an NPS or start with the basic CSAT. It's way, way better to get to the point where you can actually start truly breaking down the different pivotal moments of a customer journey that you absolutely can gain more quantitative and qualitative um, information to work with, right? That's huge. Um, and then the other part too was I just really like, I like what you talked about with having either key teammates or key team members who are almost by design owned by no one. <laughs> they, they are literally built and they're bred to be able to go across all teams. Because when you have that type of, uh, of, of energy, or if you have that type of a, of a mandate where you're literally allowed to rip through the whole organization, I mean, it's massive. You, you're going to come. You're going to be one of the one of the one of the few individuals who has almost no association, but also they don't they don't get stuck on some of the things that happens all the time when companies get big. And you've got silo creation. The minute you got silo creation, you've got opinions. You've got culture that's within its its silo. You got buddies and friends, and you got the whole nine yards. But what you explained, Ashwin, is huge because you can get around all that. You can stay away yep. from some of that. And that's that's really imperative to make sure that you're getting a clean, clear, candid view around what's happening within the business. So I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, we use that feedback data, like similar to what you said, those silos have so much pent up emotions because it's someone's baby that they've launched. Yep. So yep. 
Um, we are trying to use data to then say, like, this is not personal. This is for the greater good of all the stakeholders in, involved, including our um, customers, our investors, our teammates. Um, and so this is the way that the data is suggesting that we need to change something. So that's how we're running operations on that team. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. So then, Ashwin, as we get ready to wind down the show, I want to make sure that I give you an opportunity uh, to call out any any new big features or updates or things that you want to highlight that are going on uh, at Gainsight or within your team or, or or even with some of the stuff that you're working on yourself, my friend. Anything that you want to share with the CX Nation? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'll call out a few things. First one is... Um, Obviously, during this whole pandemic and the craziness in the world around us right now, um, like this is customer success as a community, our time to shine. As a profession, it's our time to shine. Um, in that, like making sure customers' outcomes are achieved, making sure you're being partners to your customers when they need you the most, all of that will go a long way for the profession, for your customers, for your investors, for your companies. Um, and so... Um, my urge, and a lot of my peers are already doing it, but my urge to the community more broadly is to step up and seize this opportunity um, to to actually make sure that our um, our position as a function is solidified for decades, generations to come. So I think that is um, that is number one, uh, an urge or a call to action for the community. Maybe um, the second is. Um, this is also a really good time as things have slowed down a little bit. This, things, this is also a good time to invest in professional development for your boots on the ground, for your CSMs, for your sales reps, account managers, whoever. This is the time to invest in professional development. And it doesn't have to be expensive professional development. It just needs to be professional development and a very concerted effort to do it. Um, um, my personal way of giving back to the community related to professional development was writing a book, which is called as the Customer Success Professionals Handbook. It's meant to be like a reference book for you to do, for you to read and then um, use when you want to launch a particular process. If you're thinking about adoption management or advocacy management, um, take some tips from there. It's um, I, I've written parts of it. I have a co-author, but what we've done is we've invited almost um, 15 to 20 uh, leaders in the community to write sections of that book. And so it's not just the two of our ideas, it's the community's ideas. So um, one for again a call to action for the community is invest in professional development and if that book is useful for your team um, definitely um, get it for them uh, so they can all be better at what they do um, and hence the community works um, that's number two and then specifically on gain side and what we are trying to do um, uh, obviously like a lot of our efforts going into the future is keep pushing the boundaries on what CSMs can do and how our product enables them to do what they need to do um, going into the future. So a lot of product enhancements coming in the product itself that's aimed at solving some big problems that we as a community face. So super excited for um, all the evolution that is coming for us as a product, but also what that means for the community at large. Those were the three three plugs at the end. <laughs> no, those are great. Those are super, super helpful. Um, this has been an incredibly informative, um, super high value, uh, just tons of ideas, tons of insights. And then again, you know, you, 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 Ashwin, you gave us an incredible look at 
uh, an awesome company that is literally helping some some huge companies understand what they can truly do with their data, understand what they can truly do with modern analytical thinking, especially if you can begin to combine that that type of analytical thinking with all of the traditional um, ideals around customer support, customer service, customer experience. Now you're cooking with gas. So that's awesome. So this has been uh, an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. One last thing before uh, before we wrap up, where can people uh, find you or where can they learn a little bit more about Gainsight just to make sure that everybody knows where to, where to find you, Ash? Yeah, um, you can um, find out more about Gainsight at www.gainsight.com. You can find out more about me on LinkedIn. Look for Ashwin Vedanathan. Um, uh, don't know if there are too many of Ashwin Vedanathan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm, on, I'm pretty active on um, uh, Twitter, Instagram, etc. as well. So happy to connect with folks um, on each one of these uh, media. And um, as I said, we are a learning organization. I'm a learning person. Um, I don't have the answers, but I know the questions. So uh, if we connect, I promise to share ideas and ask you for ideas as well. I love it. Well, Ashwin, thank you so much for coming on the CX Chronicles podcast, talking with the CX Nation. It's been our pleasure, sir. Thank you for having me. This was great. Thanks, Ashwin. Thank you for listening to another episode of the CX Chronicles podcast. We're thrilled to have you as a part of the CX Nation, tuning in to customer-focused business leaders from across the world. Be sure to check out the CXC website, and as always, find us on any of your favorite podcast players, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. Thanks so much for making this show a reality and being a part of the CX Nation. And as always, folks, remember to make happiness a habit.